by now. What's up, people? Welcome to another episode of The Giants, guys. And guess what? I got Spartan Mike in the lab. And as promised, because I, I never want to let you folks down, in the lab with us today is two-time Super Bowl winner as a player, three-time Super Bowl winner as a coach, the one, the only, number 52, Pepper Johnson. How are you, my friend? Um, but thanks for hanging out with us. Um, we're going to have a little bit of fun because, again, like, it's not – I mean, I've had a lot of your former teammates on. None of them could say that they got five rings, not one of them. So you've got the leg up there. All right. So I'm going to start off with some softball stuff, Coach. And this is, this is one that I can't figure out, okay? You're born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, right? So you go to Ohio State. Yes, sir. But you go to Ohio State. How did you not become a Michigan State Spartan? How's that even possible? Uh, well, I was. It, I put it this way: I'm a well. I'm gonna I'm do it like a Quentin Tarantino movie. I'm gonna hit you with the end, and then okay. come back at you. Okay. Um, I I probably wouldn't be here um, right now if I would have went to Michigan or Michigan State. Uh, the best thing for me was to get out and get away uh, from Detroit and, and leave some stuff behind and separate myself from um, from some things. I wasn't that bad of a kid, you know. I I can sit up here and I can say I didn't, you know, I didn't rob anybody or anything like that. Maybe a couple of department stores, but <laughs> <laughs> but nothing, nothing, um, nothing, nothing too nothing bad, vicious. Okay. But, Nothing too bad. Nothing that, you know, a couple of times when I when I did get caught, me and my friends did get caught. Well, they got caught. I never got caught. <laughs> when they did get caught, the, um, uh, the security guy said, um, um, what you have, go put it back. They put it back, and then they came out where I already had a pocket full of stuff. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, but nothing, but nothing, um, yeah, but nothing but vicious. I, I don't think I would have been Excuse me? Nothing vicious. Yeah, nothing, nothing vicious. Nothing vicious. I didn't rob anybody on the street corner, even though um, people was trying to rob us on the street corner. Um, but that that was Detroit. So I I lived my whole childhood trying to figure out a way how to get away, how okay. to move out of Detroit, and. Um, and and, that, and that's all you knew. So I that's the reason why I played baseball, basketball, and football in high school. I was like, I have to get a scholarship some kind of way because my mother and father separated when I was five. And the chances of her being able to afford a, a scholarship, I mean, for uh, tuition for me was like slim to none. So I, and I always wanted to make it easy, for you sure. know, on my mother. So, um, so that was as... And I even started off baseball first. Baseball okay. was my first, my first sport. And and my brother, matter of fact, this this was his strong advice of my career of my life, is that um, I I told it was uh, I, I to a few of my stories right. Yeah. I know Leonard told you this. Uh, that yep. I, I get into my stories. It, I I go for a while. So. I, it's a, it's a, we have a store, uh, not exactly on my corner, but a few blocks away, three blocks away, but it's down the street, right? And I go in and I ask the guy, Casey, for a job. 
And he, he tells me I can sweep up the floor, you know, clean up a little bit. And he will pay me 25 cents, 25 cents a week. Great. That's, that's big time in the freaking 70s. Yes. So um, now I was, I was big at the given time with comic books. I like comic books. And Casey sold comic books. So after a couple of weeks, I decided to take it upon myself to, to steal where I eat. So I take a comic book. And he, matter of fact, he even paid me um, with, with comic books. I'm, I'm sorry, I said steal a comic book. I didn't steal a comic book. He actually sometimes paid me with a comic book. He'd give me 25 cents and um, a okay. comic book. But at the, at the counter, there was penny candy. So I would, when he would go into the cash register, go give me 25 cents, I would take a couple of squirrels, uh, you know, um, now later, so something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Wine candy, the wine candy, right? Uh, which was a terrible name for, for kids candy, uh, but that's what it was. So we, we um, he let this go on for um, a few weeks. And then he decided that he wanted to, to get me right. And he said, Pepper, you know what? Um, if I continue to let you steal from me, because it's, it's no big deal. I know you steal it. And I was like, what? No, Casey, no. no, not me, right? Not me. I'm, I'm not still, you know, not me, you know. And he was like, uh, calm down. I know you take the candy out of here. Uh, he said, you know, I've been working here for so long, X amount of years, whatever he told me. And he was like, I know when stuff get moved around. And and I felt so bad. I felt so bad right there. So, but he gave, he went on to tell me a story. He said, if he let me steal now, um, he don't want to someday turn on his TV and turn on the news and see me on the news where either I'm in the street, he wouldn't expect this. And I was what, nine years old. Yeah, I was nine years old at the given time. And, um, he said, I want to see you shot dead in the streets or um, someone, you know, you've been arrested and, you know, handcuffed. And I'm like, wait a minute, I knew that kid. He said, then I'm going to feel bad because I could have stopped you. And he said, you need, you probably need to, to get to do something just to, to occupy your time. And so I, I, I walk home. Like I said, I'm feeling bad. And as soon as I get home, I see my brother, my older brother, and I tell him, what just happened? So he said that I I have the solution for it all. He's he put me on a baseball team. Well, he told me to go out for a baseball team because it was beginning of summer. He told me to go out for a baseball team, go try out for that, and I better not come home not on the team. <laughs> um, you know, so that that meant uh, Big Brother Beatty. My <laughs> 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 So he, um, I went out for the baseball team, made the baseball team, and uh, I can honestly say that that stopped, um, and that was the end of Pepper Johnson stealing. Um, I, I, I Everybody makes mistakes. So, yeah, yeah, and I, I got my lesson at an early age, playing uh, but baseball has been my number one sport until, you know, I got drafted by those, those G-men. And that's when 
Uh, well, wait a second. So really, the whole way back. through, you played at Ohio. You kinda, played baseball at Ohio State, then. Kinda, you played baseball at Ohio. A little bit, because I, I was. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't let me. Me, uh, myself, and my college roommate Keith Byers, both of us played baseball. Well, both of us played all three sports, and both of us asked the head coach, "Could we play baseball?" He was like, "You go out there. You go out for the baseball team. You lose your scholarship." That was <laughs> no questions. Yet. I didn't need to hear anything now. else. <laughs> all right. Well, then I got to ask Excuse this me? question then. So, so you don't. One, Keith Byers is your roommate. I mean, and he's an eagle. But I'm sure you guys are still boys, so that's cool. That's my brother. Yeah, I just, I'm like, I just I, hung up. I just hung up talking to him right before. Oh, know, really? That's awesome. All right, so yep. I gotta, I gotta tell you this. Then this will give me some brownie points. Um, so I live in South Jersey, about a half hour from Philadelphia. I yep. used to work for CBS Sports, and we used to do all the, all the broadcasting for the Eagles. So. I've seen plenty of buyers. I've of uh, 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 buyers. He's always been a good guy. I've only met him a couple of times, but you know, classy dude. You know, good guy, man. So that's pretty cool. You guys are roommates. All right. So here's my other question, and then I'll get I'll let Spartan go. So I checked. I wanted to make sure this was right because I had to look it up. So you wore at Ohio State. You wore number ninety eight. Yes, sir. Okay. So did Lawrence Taylor. Is there any coincidence that you wore 98 because Taylor wore 98? Is there any connection there at all? No, no, not at all. Okay. I, I wanted number 99, but I was so low. They, they promised me that, too. They promised me that they was going to give me 99 if I came to Ohio State. But I was so low on the total pole with Ohio's um, linebackers that they gave it to another guy that was from the Columbus area. Okay. And they gave me 98. I, I, I didn't know until I to my locker. I was like, wait a minute. Let's say John. And, oh, and then I looked over and Mark Fister had 99. That guy, hey, man, um, that's how it is. And, and at, and just the, I'm sorry, I have to finish with this. At Ohio State, the captains stood at the 50, right? And they looked at us, and we we had to line up every five yards, every, you know, linebacker. And where you were on the depth chart is where you lined up. So if I was kind of high on the depth chart, it would be the captains, Marcus Merrick, Glenn Cobb, and then I would be next, right? Facing those guys, right? Sure. Pepper Johnson was back with the goal post. <laughs> <laughs> I lined up, but for the stretches, I was I was back at the goal post. Keith was way up front in his line, but I was back at the goal post. But before the season, uh, the second game of the season, uh, I was I was in line too. All right, kind of like the. So, kind of like my story with Giants too. <laughs> no, 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 I started I love off this. with the Giants. Uh, I I end up playing more plays than um than Gary Reason in the football. I I love the stories. That's why that's why people get to know you a little bit better. Because yeah. I was gonna say you wore ninety eight. Taylor wore ninety eight, and I had to do the research on nineteen eighty five compared to nineteen eighty six. Because my next question is is 
how you got to 52. But I was kind of thinking I might have answered it myself because there were so many linebackers on that squad. The only two numbers I could find that were open were 52 and 59. Those are the only two numbers. Now, I could be wrong, so it's your story. How'd you get to 52? I Again, it's, it's, this is the story of my life. I wanted 51 because I was the 51st player drafted. Okay. But Robbie Jones already had 51. And they and they told and so and then Robbie, the comedian he is, he's <laughs> gonna tell me when I when I came up in there that I can buy the jersey off of. Now, I don't have to tell you, Robbie, I think Robbie wanted to charge me like. 75 to 80% of my freaking salary yeah. uh, um, at the given time. He wanted, I, I think he said like fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000, something else like that. Oh, man. I was like, well, I, I, didn't even, I didn't even ask him for it. I was, I was comfortable with 52 because I don't have him. I wasn't really into a numbers. I would never, yeah. never have been a numbers guy. Well, so. the, the reason well, why, you, the reason why I, ask, I asked was we, go ahead, Brett. Oh, hold on, hold on, Spartan. We, uh, we interviewed, I interviewed, uh, you know, Carl Banks, uh, I don't know, probably like, that was probably last year. And he told me this story, Pepper. He said he wore 54, you know, at, at Michigan State. Yep. He shows up at the equipment uh, manager to get a jersey. And there's Andy Hedden standing there. He says, and, and I'm quoting Carl here. He says, yo, homeboy, you want 54? It's yours. 30 grand and it's yours. <laughs> and Carl looks at the equipment manager and says, "Reach in the bag and give me whatever you got." And out fifty and out fifty eight came. So very nice. similar similar story. Somebody, you know, there's a friend trying to sell you a number. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, but, this is before we we came. We really became teammates. For sure, I, I would like to think that you know. I, I mean, because Robbie, Robbie, um, you know, I I end up. Um, uh, I came in and um, in training camp, uh, I mean, in mini camp on time, but training camp, I was late. So um, I think in, after the rookie camp, that's when I end up seeing him. And he, she, she, he was, he was, uh, Andy was nice compared to Robbie. <laughs> I think Robbie, I think Robbie tried to hit me for like 60 or 70 grand. Damn. Did I have a question though. Did anyone ever actually? Because we've heard that story twice now, where there was an offer, you know, made. If you pay me this much, you get the jersey. Do you know of anyone that ever did that with the Giants back then? That actually did pay their pay a certain amount for the jersey? Uh, not that I know of. Not for that sure. I, I. I don't know. I mean, um, I knew of Banks because you know Carl, Carl was like my big brother. Yeah, uh, him and William Roberts. You know, I had William Roberts because we were teammates at Ohio State. And Carl, I actually known Carl since I was in high school. I met him, you know, going up to Michigan yeah, State uh, for a visit. Yep. And um, uh, he 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 actually, you know, told me that story. And I was like, well, Robbie, and I told him, Robbie was trying to rip me off, man, because <laughs> Robbie didn't ask me for 30 grand. I wouldn't have gave him yeah. 30 grand either, but. Yeah, I don't even know why he why he asked to you know to even sell it to me. I didn't even ask him anything. He just yeah, you know we yeah we we uh you know we get along with Carl pretty good. He told us that story. We were I don't know it was just 
it could, you know, you, you don't, you know, you hear those stories and you're like, is that even possible? Like, you know, like somebody going to like, you're in the building for like five minutes and somebody's already trying to pick your pocket because you're a second round <laughs> draft pick. Right. It's crazy. All right. Spartan, you got something for me? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I got a question because Warrior leeway into this. I think that dumb theory. Oh, you froze up for a second, Pepper. Hang on. I, I didn't hear what you said. Oh, no. He's all frozen. Hold up. You can come back. Yeah, maybe. You might come back, Pepper. You're all frozen right now. You know, you got to get you got to get that you, you got to get that USFL money to get you better internet connection. <laughs> no, I, well, no, I'm I'm at the hotel. The hotel is crazy. Uh, oh, wow. that's why. Yeah, cuz you know why the hotel never does anything the right way. No. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead, Spartan. Yeah, no, I want to ask, because we're on the subject now of 1986, and, uh, you know, this is your rookie year. I mean, what was it like, first of all, getting drafted to a team that had an extremely well-established defense with a lot of talented players? And how did these defensive players, uh, you know, make you better if they if they did? Uh, well, they, they definitely made me better. Yeah. But um, I was – now, that was one thing in my stories that um, was a blessing. I actually, the New York Giants was the first team, the team I drafted by. Mm-hmm. And I thought their uh, draft, I thought I was going to Philadelphia with Keith. Oh. Because Keith, you know, back, well, back then it was, it was on regular TV. They went to a commercial. And when we came back, they just said Johnson, uh, Philadelphia picked Johnson a linebacker. And, you know, I'm, I, I know it's a, a popular last name, but Johnson for a linebacker, I, didn't, I wasn't even thinking of my combine roommate was Alonzo Johnson. Oh, Alonzo yeah. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. It's, and so he went to, he went, so Alonzo Johnson went to the Eagles. I, damn i'm missing all your, i'm missing all your good story Pepper, different I'm 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 missing this great story right now because like I'm like you just like for the last thirty seconds we're completely frozen. I missed that whole story, man, about Alonzo Johnson. I missed the whole story. <laughs> Damn it! Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was it was the draft. Am I am I back on now? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's my, you know what? I'll say this. Maybe maybe the more like the less you move around. The, the, the more it works when you move a little bit because you're animated, which is cool. <laughs> but like sometimes when you move, it seems to dig out on you. Oh, okay. All right. Let me see if I can stay froze. Can you hear me? <laughs> 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 so, so, no, you can move a little bit. You can move a little bit. I'll get Twitch one day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, man. Uh, don't y'all tell everybody this is the Sheraton Birmingham. 
with the Wi-Fi. Jared, I'm going to Yelp right but, now. Yeah, I know. I'm going, Wi-Fi, exactly. I'm going to call a manager and be like, look, man, I got 10,000 people watching the show and I can't get an interview done. Help the poor man out already. Yeah. And see, and, and you know, it makes it so bad. Around this time, um, all the video guys are coming in. Everybody is using the Wi-Fi because I, I promise you, I was just in a Zoom business call um, like maybe an hour ago and we and were was, we were fine. Damn, just my luck. Well, yeah. so what So what happens after? So Alonzo goes to Eagles, right? You, and, and as Spartan was saying, like you walk in with like, I mean – Banks and LT and Jim Burt and Harry Carson. Yeah. And I mean, those, those were some ballers. Oh yeah. Like I said, I was, I've been at all of Carl Banks when I was in high school. Um, uh, uh, it was that, it was that Hugh Green, Lawrence Taylor, which one of those guys were, uh, were the better. And, and I, I even told LT, he pushed me in the face. But uh, like later, of course, I would dare say it to him as a as a um, as a rookie. But I had him. I had him even Stephen. And then when LT got drafted by the Giants, that's what gave him the nod to me, right? And he, you know, he he pushed me in the head because I guess that was um, kind of a sensitive issue. Yeah. But. Um, now I get to play and I get to watch Harry Carson, yeah. his mannerism in the locker room and everything like that. I was like, this is, this is awesome. This is, this is great. And, and then they actually want to pay me to play football. <laughs> couldn't they, you couldn't ask, you couldn't ask for more. So I, I was happy. The Giants was number one and the Raiders were, was number two. So when Philadelphia came up, I the only thing I could like about it was that I get to play alongside of Keith again. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he didn't have to suffer through playing in Vet Stadium uh, every single yeah. week. Yeah, that was exactly. Cool. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Go ahead, Spartan. You go. Yeah. No. So, all right. So when we get to uh, you know 1986, the team was awesome. You won a Super Bowl your first year, man. How awesome was that? Because you're you're sitting there, what? You had to have been 22, 23 years old, and you just won a Super Bowl. How great was that your first year out? Yeah, 21. I, I, I signed my contract on my birthday. Um, yeah, the, the, it was that was it was it was a ride, especially especially after Parcells. And I'm quite sure you guys got this story. Parcells got all the rookies into in the room and told us he didn't need any of us. That <laughs> they already went, we already they already went to the playoffs. <laughs> um, we had have the mindset we already ready so he said we're he said so uh imagine this train and it's already just chugging and it's it's moving and blowing out steam and everything he said y'all better find a way to get on oh, that, <laughs> so, oh man and you did yeah so i i was like hey man i'm uh hopefully everybody is thinking like like i'm thinking I'm getting ready. I I jumped trains uh, when I was young, but the slow moving trains through the city. <laughs> uh, Parcells tried to make sure this man. We understood that this train was moving. Yeah, and moving how, fast. How was how was it playing for for Bill? I mean, like you know, Parcells is a unique character. You hear a ton of stories about you know him, you know, you know, getting LT all riled up about you know who was the better 
you know, was it, was it Pat Swilling or I can't remember who yeah. it was. It, you know, like, what, did, yeah, that's right. Did you, did you like playing for Parcells? I, I loved it. I mean, it was, it was, it was perfect for me. Everybody like, um, everybody likes to ask me about if he was really the motivator, like, every, like you heard about. And it's a, it's kind of a trick question for me because I didn't think, I needed motivation. Yeah. And I never, I didn't look at Parcells um, as being a motivator. I thought but you, when I sat in the room and he was giving his speeches and all that stuff like that, I felt like he was talking to everybody else. I'm already getting ready to try to do damage to this guy that's across from me. That was, that was just my mindset. And until 90, when we got ready to, to go play San Francisco, in the NFC Championship, um, and I'm quite sure you guys uh, know that game. Of course, we he was he started the week off, so it was that Monday, and he does like, was addressing the team like he always does. Blase this, blase that. This is what we do on Wednesday. The Thursday practice is going to be like this. Blah 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 blah. And then at the end, um, when he started talking about the travel going to San Francisco, when we're going to take off and all that. And he said, everybody packed for, for two weeks because uh, I don't plan on coming back. And I'm telling you that everybody, the hair, the little hair that I do have on my arms, stood up. Uh, if, if anybody would red or gold would have just walked in that room right then or I would have seen them after we left um left out of that meeting room I would have I would have hit them and knocked them into the lockers I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you that <laughs> yeah. was the he uh, yeah that, that was the that was the time that he affected me the most as far as um motivation yeah and and I'm telling you anybody if I'd have seen San Francisco Niners or something on somebody's car uh, <laughs> while I was driving home that that day. I, I think you I was just, you just yeah. jump out. Yeah, they're, they're, you just jump yeah. out of the red light and just jump up and down on their hood. A red, yeah, yeah. A red, yeah, a red exactly. gold car with gold trim or something. And you had such a good 1990 season that I, I, even if you weren't motivated by that speech, man, I still feel like you could have done any of that. You know, you were killing oh, it. Back yeah. Yes, we. Yeah, we. So Parcells was. Parcells was great for me. Him and uh, Coach Belichick, they both was great for me because they were those coaches that I've been looking for um, my entire career. Okay. Like uh, my high school coach, um, he was he was known in Detroit, um, and he he could talk trash to motivate you. He actually one time, if, if if it's okay, you guys can bleep, you're gonna have to bleep this out. No, no, do, do your uh, thing, man. Uh, do no your curses. thing. He 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 would do this routine. He actually he actually did it once a year, where we would play at somebody else's field, and he would get us to stand around him and build a circle around him, and he would pee on the field. <laughs> <laughs> And he said, and he was, why, why did that use, why did he think that was going to motivate us? I don't know. <laughs> and, yo, was, you, you know why? I was you know like, somebody needs to show him to the bathroom, man. 
you, you know what makes that fun, story funnier than 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 you could ever imagine is you played with guys like Lawrence Taylor. You have seen and heard some crazy shit. For you to yeah. for you to tell us this story, <laughs> like like you you gotta scratch your head because you're like, okay, this guy has seen and heard and done a lot of things, but he is telling you about the coach being yeah. on the field because evidently that is definitely something that is unique when it comes to head coaches. I'm trying to imagine being a 16 year old just seeing that, like, what the heck is this? Is that, is that what coach does around here? Like seeing that for the first time, that's hilarious though. That's something else. <laughs> I didn't like the, how the other guys was taking it. I, I looked away. I was like, man, it is, <laughs> he got to use it. But then I heard what he was saying. I thought he was trying to block us. That he, I mean, he thought he, so no, he was talking as he was pissing, talking about this is how much I give a care about the you know so and so and so, and so you know and i'm like did you win a lot of games <laughs> this is did, did, did you did you win a lot of games my first year my first year and then the rest is uh matter of fact we i we even um had a losing season which was like uh, uh like one of what three losing seasons i've ever had in my freaking I was about to say, there's no way you lost that much. Ohio State in the 80s, and then, uh, yeah, the Giants from 86 to, to the early 90s. You didn't really lose that much at all. And then, yeah, uh, and then you coached for, for, for a whole 12, 13. You didn't do a whole lot of losing in New England, man. No. I'm just thinking, like, after yeah, a while, you were yeah, pissing on the field. I didn't, lose it. I didn't lose until we got until I got to the Jets coaching. When I, when I decided to go out there and coach with the Jets. Yeah, we'll, yeah, well I think that's, that's, that's the Jets' problem, right? The, the yeah. Jets is a dark cloud over the stadium, man. Nobody's yeah, winning. And, we'll, and I got, I've got, i only got one Jet question, so I'll get to that in a minute. Um, all right, so let me ask you about this. You win two Super Bowls in seven years. Like, that's that's crazy all by itself. Um, in 93, Belichick leaves the Giants to go to the Browns and their head coach, as their head coach. Uh, you follow him. Was there a chance you were coming back to the Giants? Or were you just following Bill regardless of him going? Like, was that like a conscious decision for you to follow Bill to, to, to the Browns? Or were you fighting to stay maybe with the Giants? Well, uh, Bill leaves in 91, right after the 90 Super Bowl. Yeah. Belichick. Yeah, yeah. And and I don't go into 93. No, I um, – um, I, I might as well get direct. Right, right to the point. Um, we, it was one thing when Al Groh and those guys stayed around in, in 91. And those were a lot of familiar faces. We still tried to run the same concept of defense, but we were, we were more disarray because of not, not just of our, our leader, but how it came about. And we, didn't have that that opportunity. I know I repeat because after the first Super Bowl comes the strike year, and mm. he was busy talking about strike, and you lost your focus. And then now we went again, 
was a coach and everything was was kind of it, it just didn't feel the same it didn't feel the same so now but it still was out there so we go 500 now we now they come in and, and they bring in um Indeed, to us that been '91 was the first time we were. I, I want to say we were number seven. We was either number seven or eight in scoring. Um, in in those times with Parcells and Belichick, we stayed in the top five in scoring. That's the only stat I even I care about. Um, um, football. And they come in and tell us everything, wrong, and we need to do it a different way. And I'm like, especially after, uh, especially after doing it right the right perfect. way for so long. Uh, you know, I rest the stone. He and these and you and wait a minute, and and we're this is coming from somebody that's just been hired, just hired. Yep. Oh, he's breaking up. I didn't. You get excited, I, I start moving. Am I still up? Am I back on now? Yeah, I got it. Yeah. I, I was, man, like the stories are so good and I get sucked into them and then yeah. you freeze on me. I'm like, wait, no, wait. <laughs> wait. I'm like, sorry, I wait. start moving, man. I, I can't. I, I I can't sit still. I, 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 I know. All right, so I, wait, I hear you. Let me let me. All right, so let me get this yeah, right. So, yeah. So Rod Rush, they come in and they try to tell us we can't run the defense that we've been having success with. Um, that uh, we can't do that. Let's do something else. And I we, I thought that was crazy. Yeah. So you know. And I guess at some point when you have the success that you had, you would think that maybe they would put some credence into what, you know, what you had done in the past, right? No doubt. So it got to the point where, and I don't know if you guys know or, or uh, heard about it or whatever, but I'm quite sure talking to somebody that uh, when we played the red that in our days, uh, we ran our own our old defenses. I, I would I would look over at Rod and act like couldn't see him. I couldn't find him. <laughs> um, the coach is probably going crazy on his side. I would I I act like I didn't see him, and and we called defense, and we. We didn't give up a touchdown. We beat them like eight to seven or something like that, 35 to seven. And their only touchdown was Brian Mitchell running back a punt return or kickoff return. You can, wow. I don't like, again, I don't know if you guys remember that, but. Uh, oh yeah. I, I remember B, that one up. B Mitchell was a, was a good player. He could, he could, he was a great return guy. And if that was their only offense, whatever you were doing was working. Damn the Wi-Fi.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we did it. Diasi uh, joined in, and he will also, or the lack of calls. All right, sport. Go ahead. Let's see. I mean, you know what? I'm definitely gonna have to bring Pepper back and and get him in a different hotel. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We'll we'll pay for the I'm hotel just, room and just move to the, yeah. the Marriott over or something like that. Yeah, we got yeah. I, I think if, gonna, I, if I, I yeah, if I leave out of here and get in my car, it might even be better. Yeah, I'm. We'll <laughs> but, put it this way, um, guys. I'm gonna have to. I'll try to cut it up. Yeah, you know I, what I, mean? I gotta go to a meeting anyway. Hey, no worries. Um. How much time you got? You got five more minutes or no? I got five minutes, yep. Okay. All right. Uh, so, uh, Spartan, good. You go first. We'll see if we can get them in. And then, Pepper, I'll have you back because, we you know, we definitely might want to do some more stuff because I missed half your great stories. Okay. Oh, if, if, once again, if, we, if we're here, it's, we have to just try to do it early. Okay, no problem. Go ahead, Spartan. If we can. Yeah, absolutely. So, Pepper, you know, I just want to ask about your coaching career real quick. Last year, you coached at the IMG Academy, right? Uh, yeah. I know was that whole Bishop Sycamore thing. I won't ask about that, but what I wanted to ask was, <laughs> you, yeah, I, I knew that's some laughing matter. I was just telling Craig that earlier uh, this week about that situation. Uh, you know, you, you guys have a great program down there because now you're giving the kids not only the ability to play and focus on football entirely, but they're practicing against other D1 players. That, and when they get to the D1 level – it's going to be an easier transition than if they played a public school, you know, only one against another D1 guy in the league, so on. Do you see more schools like the IMG Academy popping up uh, in the near future? Because what they got going down there is something incredible. Exactly. I, um, I was highly instructed by my publicist not to talk about IMG because we are writing a book. Oh. And – I don't want to uncover no problem IMG before I uncover IMG. All right. Well, I uh, hope I'm writing a book. Can, can, so, can we can we promote the book when you get it going? Of course, of course we'll you guys can. You. Please do. But it's do. just IMG is not that it's 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 shiny on the outside, but it's it's kind of ugly. It's not a that's the reason why I'm not there. Well, part of the reason why I'm not there. I got fired. Um, by a guy that's just got his chest out that uh, let me not get into it because yep, he's yep. going to call. Yeah, we don't, minute, you, yeah we don't want to get you We don't want to get you in trouble. Yeah, so I've had trouble so just, I don't think about that one. Jackie, All right, will, will fight me. But, but I, do, I do see other schools or, or other areas doing that because they're they allowing a lot of um, schools to recruit in their areas. Mm -hmm. So you get you get schools recruiting in the areas. It's just going to be a matter of time before more people start going out and recruiting, um, like uh, at IMG all over the country. Yeah. All right. Here's here's my big question. I've been wanting to ask you this one for a while. Um, I want to ask you about a certain player that you coached 2015, 2016. You're the defensive line coach for the Jets. And yes. under and under your tutelage, under your watch, Leonard Williams has defensive player of the year and a Pro Bowl season. Like, so look, he's a little hard to figure out. He seems like he's a little bit hard to unlock. You know, um, he had a great 2020 season with the Giants. He got paid. So that kind of ruffles a lot of people's feathers, you know. Like, one, what kind of guy is he? And like, 
do you feel that maybe he's not the player he was under you because it, it, maybe it's a scheme thing? Like, you know, maybe it's, a, you know, the scheme holds him back because you had him for those two years and he crushed it, you know? And then the Giants got him and he started a little slow, had a good 2020 last year. He got a lot of double teams. He's still at 81 tackles, by the way. I thought 81 tackles for a D tackle slash DN was great. Yeah. But I was wondering if his, if scheme came into play because I'm a huge fan of the kid. Like, I like him, and I think he, he plays hard every play. So I was just kind of wondering if you can, like, give us a little insight to, to, to you know, to Leonard Williams. Now, you just threw me an alley-oop to oh. uh, have the Giants to shit me as a coach <laughs> if I said um yeah Leonard Leonard need me he needs pepper but no you know what Leonard's um biggest problem is Leonard is such a, a unselfish person okay and he's an unselfish player he won't leave that defensive line to to try to make a play in the backfield like that it doesn't shock me that you told me that he had 81 tackles because He's going to protect his other teammates sure. before he goes out there and trying to make a play. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah, he, he's not like, selfish. Like, exactly. There's lots of times when defensive linemen can just penetrate and try to make a play. But Leonard is, is that guy that if he penetrate and try to make a play, uh, I'm not sure if the person that's behind me or the person that's next to me make it, you know, when he make this re running back cut back, is he going to make the tackle? So Leonard, because uh, uh, I, I want now and see, it's, it's me sounding like father. I would watch the giant games, but I only saw Leonard Williams. Like, I don't know what everybody else did. I was just watching him. And yeah. then when they would go on offense, I would go wash dishes or go, you know, cook or something until they go back on defense. And then I watch Leonard again. And if yeah, they sure. if Leonard was off the field, which he rarely is, I I, I had no interest. But yeah. uh, he is, and, and and I called him and I told him, and he was like giving me mess a little bit, like, yes, coach, yes, coach. And I was like, dude, it's just, I mean, every now and then you have to, you have to let go. And you you really need to go um, and make some plays because I know you have it in you. But you just, um, see, he comes to gap and scheme. Uh, is is kind of hard for you to uncut even it so much um a guy that that's used to playing to be a little bit uh I guess uh, they accept being selfish a little bit and and I don't mean that in a bad way but it, but that's if you think about like I think football is the ultimate team sport yep definitely and if you tell everybody that you got you, you're responsible for one gap and one gap only then that makes it not sport. Is it? Yeah, too robotic. A, you know, you got you take it and then next. If you tell you say it's a two and um, and you don't have. I mean, you don't have to do it. The uh, 
the two gap and wait. You don't have to line up all the, the defense alignment and, and even number techniques to, to get it done, but you can make those guys responsible. And, and once you make the defense alignment responsible, um, I think you, you're, then you slow down to run a lot, a lot more that way. Because uh, once again, a lot of people get away. Let me do my, my football history before I go. But a lot of people forget about uh, once upon a time when they invented the defense alignment used to block for the linebackers the same way offense alignment blocked for the running back. And you get a guy like, like a Ray Lewis that um, he said, uh, I, one of those Baltimore Raven deals where he went from a four-man line to a, to a three-man line and then back to a four-man line. And he was so happy that he gets to dissect um, the offense and then run and go make plays and that hold up people and blocking people like that anymore. anymore. But uh, the defensive line should take gambles and they should take a shot every now and then when you know what the play is. I just, sure. I, I just like him as a player. I think he gets a lot of static in New York un, unfairly. And, but I also thought maybe, you know, maybe the Patrick Graham scheme where they rush two, they rush three, they rush four, they rush five, they rush two. Like, I don't know if he, if it was a flow thing, a scheme thing, like, because he plays with leverage. And like you said, he's never a selfish player. He's always in the right place, but he's getting, you know, after his breakout year in 2020, he was getting double teamed a lot, but he still came up with 81 tackles. I told the guy on Twitter today, I'm like, you can't complain about a defensive tackle who has 81 tackles. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, so make your mind up. Either he's a defensive end getting double teamed or he's an overachieving defensive tackle with 81 yards. You can't have it right. both ways. And some people exactly. don't get that. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, I would say slow down some of those conversations i know you're technically doing this you're in the media but um that guy is probably looking for stats and the type of person leonard Williams is is he's he rarely gonna be impress you with his stats like he's he's um he's gonna be that that the coach is sitting in the meeting room and just that play, that tackle because of what Leonard did. Yeah, he's the unsung um, hero. That's the type of guy. That's what he is more the, the as valuable to the team. Exactly. You, you're they'd rather be on the side that it, you know with the four man line. They'd rather be on the side. That Leonard is on, as opposed to the, uh, well, I don't, I shouldn't say that because I, I really don't know um, their defensive line that well. But I, but I do know Leonard, and I know that the same thing. What you said that he comes to, um, he comes to play, and he ties them up, he laces them up. But uh, what I say he's guilty of is just not, not being selfish and not trying to make plays. And he understands the whole concept of the defense and, and has no problem watching his teammate jump up and down because of something that he did or caused. No, I, I like that. I appreciate it. I'm going to do this. 
I'm going to do a quick speed round. It's just 10 quick questions. They're like one answer, and then I'll let you go. And then I'm going to hit you back okay. with another another day that we can get you on here because okay. I missed two really good stories. I want, I want you to play back for me. And thank you, by the way, for hanging out with us. All yeah. right. What's, what's better, a sack or an interception? Interception. Ooh, I didn't How about think this would... one? I know. Uh, a, the stadium you most hated to play in? Um, uh, unbelievable. It, it don't exist. Really? Okay. Wow. Who's the craziest uh, teammate you ever yeah. had? Was it LT? Crazy. What do we mean by crazy? Just, 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 just you know that guy. When they get pissed, really in the dome, the scariest guy to be around, I guess. The scariest guy to be around. Uh, well, that might be Mark Bavaro. Really? Oh, okay. You know, I can see that. I can see yeah. that. Why? Because he's quiet. And yeah, scary, Mark. Right? Yes, when he. You could you could say a joke and, and like it was it was myself it was Maurice Carthon and then it was Mark Bavaro, and literally talk if he had something to say to me he would say it to Maurice <laughs> instead of saying it to me and then when Maurice would get up and, and move somewhere or whatever it like I I didn't exist it, it just no longer exists but just like Robbie. Um, that, you know, we were talking about earlier, I could call Bavaro now and, you know, and, and chuck it up and, you know, we could laugh and tell stories and catch up and do the same thing with Robbie Jones. That's your teammates. All right. Best place for a post-game meal. Where's your favorite spot? Best my house. <laughs> really? Okay. My house. Yeah, I know. Who's yeah, I guess, yeah, like I... When, when when I played with the Giants, it was a there was a lot of times when my uh, my mother and them came to town, and they would cook up something or have something oh, brewing so, before. So your you mom know, before, would come and cook for all the players. Oh no! Uh, you know what? Uh, did the guy anybody tell you? Uh, Leonard should definitely tell you about how I cook Thanksgiving dinner. I cook Thanksgiving dinner every year for all the single guys uh, that was on the team. Wow. And uh, I, I can't be getting Leonard in trouble now, but uh, <laughs> Leonard used to creep over there to my house and grab a plate and, and take it home with him or, or eat there and before he leave. Now, uh, some of the, uh, well, let me not get into what Carl Banks was talking about. He, he was joking. He always was talking about the freaking turkey wasn't done when we stuck the turkey <laughs> with the fork and it still starts screaming but no i no i yeah i i cook myself so yeah all right so 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 best place to eat a post-game meal is at pepper johnson's house all right uh <laughs> yeah. tur turf or grass grass the hardest back you ever had to tackle walter payton ah oh. I can't show it to you, but next time I will, I got a framed Walter Payton jersey on my wall in the back. Nice. Uh, lo <laughs> yo, love sweetness. Go ahead, Spartan. Uh, what was the uh, – who was the best all-around athlete you ever played with? This is, this is going to be crazy. Right. You guys said 10 quick questions. These questions is, is, <laughs> I, I have to elaborate on. I have to elaborate. But Tom Tupa. Tom Tupa? Uh-huh. <laughs> Tom Tupa. 
okay, have I seen LT dunk the ball backwards and what I know he could do out on the football field? Um, I've been the teammate of Barry Sanders, and Barry is every bit of five foot five. And did I see him stand still and just maybe took a half a little cradle step back and jump up and dunk a basketball? Yes. And again, the amazing stuff that he have done out on the football field. I've seen Reggie White grab Keith Jackson um, and just straight off the ground and just lift him up over his head just straight off the ground like he was a, a freaking three-year-old or something like that and then dropped him simulating you know wrestling and acting and throwing him on the ground and blah blah blah, blah. um and knowing what he does out on the football field but tom tupa tom tupa tom wow. tupa is powerful pound uh, one of the athlete I ever seen. So the reason that dude is catching alley oops. He's catching alley oops, Duncan. Okay, look, look, this is how I always start off. Okay, first of all, not too many people had the 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 pro career, um, actually making it into the NFL and being a, a freaking punter and a quarterback, um, yeah. in the league and started, you know, um, at both. And you know, not people can can say that first and foremost. And to his that capacity, we won ball games and still punted the ball inside the five. This kid is catching alley oops, dunking the ball. Um, this kid is um, I I I only seen him play softball. I haven't seen him play baseball, but he was telling me about the the. the like Jason C on. Wait, but um, you just stole my thunder. He's 175, 200. He's, he hits the golf ball. Um, he he was, the last time I played with him, he may have been like a three-handed. Wow. I, so, when we came to rats, we go to the um the pool. The dude is taking money. Um, he never pitched horseshoes. shoes. I got him out there. I say I finally got him in um, something that he don't he don't know, and I I'm gonna kill him in shoes. He set up that he watched. First game he. He did, but before the first a couple of ringer. Yep. I'm, I'm willing to, to argue anybody with that. Um, you you that stole he goes my out there, He plays tennis. You, you totally. Yeah, 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 he's. He played for years too. He played for like 17 years uh, in the in the pros. You, you stole my thunder, though, uh, Coach. You stole my thunder because uh, I heard Michael Strahan said the best athlete he ever played with was Jason Seahorn. Because Jason Seahorn could do anything. He could dunk. He could yeah. hit a he could hit a golf ball four hundred yards. He could he could hit a fastball at ninety miles an hour. He could throw like yeah. I, that's just yeah. You, you brought up Seahorn. That's what Strahan said. It that Seahorn was the best all around athlete he ever played with. Exactly. But Seahorn just played corner. 
No, he played some safety. He played some safety. He played some oh, safety. Oh, come on, man. It's not, it's not the same thing, though, man. He just that's, played awesome. hey, that's true. That's true. But too bad. Right, so here's what about that. All right, here's the last three. The last three is uh, they make a movie about your life. Who plays you? Uh, yeah, my son. All right. Okay. That, that works. That works. By the way, Spartan, just so you know, in Ohio State history, there's only been three uh, father-son captains, uh, Pepper and his son, both captains at Ohio State, one of three. I don't, I forget what the, the one was, but uh, Kirk Herbstreet and his dad uh, were, yeah. one, were one. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, and then they Pepper got the Davises, and his son. But it's five of them. It's five of them. Yeah, oh, there's five it's now? Five okay. of us. Yeah, yeah, it's five of us, yeah. All right. It's going to be such a proud stand accomplishment, though, father-son duel being captains. Oh, man. Hey, the, the first time I signed autographs with my son next to me, yeah. oh, you couldn't – I hey, you couldn't tell me anything. That was a beautiful thing. Yeah. All right, last two. Hardest to scheme against, a dynamic thrower or a running QB? Uh, um, a dynamic thrower. Okay. Okay, this is the hard one. I, mean, I would you like might... to say passer. You you got me to say thrower. <laughs> my bad. Sorry. Like to... <laughs> that was my bad. Um, all right, this one's gonna be hard. And whatever you choose, it's 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 you can own it. And you can pick yep. the later series. It's okay. Yeah, I won't I won't think any differently, you depending on which one you pick. <laughs> which which is your favorite? Super Bowl ring. Oh, it is. I, I already I have a perfect answer for that because I've been asked that before. Uh, they're like my kids. Can't can't choose one of them. Come on, not one. Can't cannot that's, that's choose. You've always one given me. Hey. All right. So. Yeah. All right. Wait. Hang on. If okay. If you have to wear one out, I'm assuming like for certain occasions, maybe you put one on. What one do you, what one do you, what's your go-to? How about that? Um, I don't put one on because I have two from New York. So when I'm in New York, I wear uh, um, both of those rings. When I'm in the New York, New Jersey, I'm around giants. Um, if I'm in New England, um, then I wear those three. All Man, right. your hands got to get so heavy when you got all of them on at once, but it's got to be such a badass yeah. feeling because there's very few people that can have five rings on their hand, man. You earn it. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I don't put them all on together unless I'm, you know, trying to show somebody, you know, that I have all five and trust me, then I tuck them away and, and, and go put them back in the safe. But uh, I... I, I I know you tried to you tried to get me with that question. No, no, they are. They they're. I didn't want to kids. I didn't want to. I didn't want to get you. I just always like to hear about like when we asked like David Deal. He said like you know the the 2007 Super Bowl was his first, so it meant a lot more. So he yeah. he kind of tends to like that one. So it was a nice story. But we interviewed Kevin Booth. Oh, great interview. He said he really didn't participate in the 2007 uh super bowl like he did in the 2011 super bowl so he he, he had a he had an affiliation or or, or, a, or a you know a, a certain feeling towards 2011 because he actually was a starter 
So yeah. it was a, I was just curious. Um, all right. So listen, one, well, the, but it's the whole, like to me, the, the whole season makes the ring. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the ring is just, a, it's just capping of the whole season. So whatever transpired during that season. And like what I was, what I was saying about the 86, what um, about us growing and, and Belichick told me, Pep, if you continue to um, do well, like you're doing on special teams and practice hard, like you're doing on the show team, you're going to play more. He did not lie to me. I played more um, as the season progressed. Um, yes, 90, like Spartan said, you, hey, I was, um, I had a phenomenal um, year. I thought another year, that's a whole nother story, but um, that I had two of them, but it just wasn't, you know, mentioned in, in the same manner. But that just capped off that year. And it, it made it made everything just, just huge for me because, I I really didn't I, I really started to think that my my giant days were were over because of the the holdout was so bitter in in '89 and you know and you know it just it seemed like I wore out my welcome but to me I thought I was I made sense but knowing what I know now. <laughs> Making sense don't make sense. You, you yeah. gotta, you needed, I needed to just go ahead and go with the flow. And I could have ended the madness a, a long time ago, but you live and learn. And I became, I, I have a George Young story. Can I leave you guys with a George yeah, Young story? Yeah, bring, bring it, bring it. Yep, bring it. Okay, let me, let me give you my George Young story. Okay, so I'm in the, I didn't, I was in Jersey. I knew they knew I was in Jersey. Um, because um, Parcells got so many spies in, in East Rutherford where I lived at. So I, I went home, I went back to Detroit and, and I was kind of mad at the whole contract deal and, and couldn't, uh, couldn't really work out like I wanted to work out. And, and so I went back home. All right. G um, George told my agent that, um, well, supposed told my agent, that we had a contract, they had a contract worked out. And this was what, you know, I, I, I agreed that I'd take it. I, it still wasn't the money that I wanted, but okay. When I get there, I get into the office, I walk in Giant Stadium, George set down the contract that um, I, I totally, is that the old contract that, that been on tape that, I said, wait a minute, this is the contract. This is like for um, a special teams only guy. I am not a, just a special teams guy. I I uh, think I, I've made my point that I improved every year. This is what you asked me, George. I said, I'm not signing that. And so we called, he called my agent, put him on the, on the speaker, and I listened to my agent cry and whine and I felt so embarrassed that George got through talking to him I fired him said I'm doing my own contract and I did my own contract from that point on 
uh, from 89 for the rest of my career, I did my own, because not knowing what these guys be talking about when, when you're not around, told George Hyden that, and I'm, I'm just going to go back and fly back to Detroit. Um, he said, um, and now back then, supposedly the offices and everything was in New York. But I told George, I said, hey, if you want me to sign that thing, I'm going to tell uh, Parcells, not one down will I play um, defense. I'm only going to play special teams. I don't care what they say. I don't care what, how much y'all want to find me, whatever. I am not going to play one down of defense um, this season uh, unless, you, you know, y'all go ahead and trade me. George said, okay. I grabbed the pen. I pen was almost to the paper. He's, and that's when he said, hold on. I said, man, I'm not, I don't want, I don't want any more problems. Y'all want to just pay me like this? And that's what I'm, he got to go all the way to New York. This is the only the contract he has. I would say like five minutes later, uh, he came in with another contract. Oh, by the way, between those five minutes, Parcells came in and was trying to tell me how he didn't, he don't know what was what's going on, but he hoped that I get this stuff resolved and I don't have to go back to Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. George walked me in and Parcells left out. He had another contract in which that was the contract that I ended up signing. And that contract is the one that I, I felt like um, my days with the New York Giants was, oh, I didn't think they was going to let me play 80, I mean 90. I really didn't think Damn. I was going to be a giant in 1990. And what, yeah. that contract was for how many years? I made I made more money. I, it was only a two-year contract. So it was 89 and it was 90. And I made more money in my incentives in 1990 than I did um, in my contract, you know, for my salary. Damn. Damn. Thank God the Giants came to their senses on that one. Yeah. They didn't if yeah. they, and I mean, that's, that one, that would have been a huge one. I can do that now, but I, yeah. I don't even know well, what you to... know, uh, Marcel tried to trade me. Yeah, what? The draft day. What, Marcel what tried to trade me draft uh, um draft day. Nineteen ninety, before the ninth. For who? What were they gonna trade you for? We didn't have any other linebackers that were good as you. Yeah, it's the first you guys know under that. Yeah, damn, I'm like, I, 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 it was a guy. I, don't make me name names. I, no, you no. know what? Let me put it like this because I, I gotta go. Yeah, um, he froze up. All <laughs> gonna be in the book. All right, so, the book. Okay, when? Okay, it's how about all gonna this? Be in the book. When's the book okay. coming out? Because we want to promote this for you. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that it comes out in September when the season um, starts up. But um, uh, that's, I, I, I we got to do a little work in order to, right. to get it. To, two, two, I'm gonna let you so. go. 
I'm going to let you go. Here's the thing. One, can I get you back? Because I want, I missed half your good stories. And two, when you come back, can we talk about the book? Like you'll have more details on the book. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir, to both. Yes and yes. Spartan, you stay on. You're listening to another episode of the Giants, guys. I apologize. We're going to get we're going to get him back because he's got good stories and he's animated. All right. But he's got another place to go. We got some Wi-Fi. Call that hotel up and tell them they got crappy Wi-Fi. <laughs> Pepper Johnson, thanks for hanging out with us, my friend. I promise you, I'll, I'm going to try to I'll edit this tomorrow, get it up the best I can. But I'm going to call you back in a couple of weeks to try to get you back on. All right, boss. All right, hey, good luck, it, good luck with, the new, with the new gig, man. Go USFL. Yep. All right, Pepper. Good for you. Thank you. All right. You there, Spartan? Oh, I'm, I'm here, man. So, that was cool. We missed a lot of really good stories. We missed a little bit of juice, but here's the one thing. He had so much energy with the stories that he was telling yep. that – even though they were kind of phasing out, man, it's like you're picking up the details. You can follow along. And those are some really cool things that he was telling us. Yeah. So folks, um, I'm still recording here. We're still, I'm going to chop it up, edit it up, see what I can do tomorrow. Cause there's a lot of stuff that I missed like for, um, on those stories, but some really cool stuff is like, you know, knowing the fact that Mark Bavaro was like one of the scariest teammates he had, or the fact that, you know, they didn't, they tried to trade him on draft day or, that they wouldn't give him a, a, a decent contract. And then right at the last moment, George Young, you know, got it done. Um, you know, just, just a lot of good, really good things. Great things about Leonard Williams, by the way. Love the fact that he talks about how yeah. he could be a superstar, but chooses to be, you know, just, just the anchor to make other people look good. Like just something that you don't hear about, you know? Yeah. You agree? You agree? I would have to agree with that, man. A lot, a lot of a lot of cool insights from his end. Yeah, we got to get him back so we can get some of those stories. But I really thought it was kind of neat saying, look, you know, Leonard Williams is like, okay, don't hate him because he got paid, but he's not a selfish player. He's not the – he could be a superstar, but he'd rather make sure he does his job instead of leaving it to someone else, hoping right. they'll, they'll pick up the slack. And, and also I think that kind of picks up something from Pepper's side that a lot of fans won't see, right, because we're looking for those stats – we're looking for those numbers. We're looking for those big plays. Yep. Um, and then Pepper comes in and says, you know, hey, actually, he is doing his job here. But it's tough for a fan to pick up on certain things because coaches know what the players are supposed to be doing out there. Fans, we're looking for the numbers, you know. And and there is a, a bit of a difference in, in what the coaches are seeing out of Leonard Williams uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, what the fans feel like he should be doing. You know, Also, too, ten, when you're losing 10 years of losing – you know, and then you get a, a, a glimpse of a potential superstar, you know, you start kind of projecting, right? Everyone's like, he's going to have this, he's going to have that, we need that. So a lot of times, you know, you're stuck in kind of wishing this guy was a superstar when he really isn't designed to be the superstar. He's kind of setting up the superstar, but there really isn't one, you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, he's, he's not being a selfish player, but there's really no one to, to, to jump into the spotlight. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, listen, everybody, I appreciate you guys tuning in to another episode of the Giants, guys. Um, I'm going to try to chop this up for you guys. It might be a little hard to listen to, uh, but he's got a ton of good things to say. He's now coaching in the USFL, and you heard it here. He's got a book coming out. So uh, we're going to talk to you guys soon, and uh, we're out. <laughs>